Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. A beautiful look at the San Diego Harbor as we welcome you to a quarterfinal Friday edition of TC Live on Tennis Channel. Our half-hour pregame show to get you set for the night session in San Diego as the chase for the championships continues. We got tennis from all over the globe, Asia, Europe, and two events right here in the USA. Coming up on tonight's show, we got highlights, interviews, analysis from all the tennis happening around the world. A golden anniversary of sorts. We'll tell you about that. And we're in San Diego this week, so we got to have a little Ron Burgundy tribute. Stay classy, Andy. More on that in just a minute. Hey, everybody, welcome into our Santa Monica studios. Great to have you with us. Taylor Townsend, Jimmy Arias. I'm Rob Simulcare. And Taylor, it's been great having you here all week, but you're leaving us. You're saying goodbye. I know. It's temporary, though. <laughs> but it's, it's been great to be with you guys. It's been so much fun. And especially getting to know Jimmy, because at least I know where I stand. I'm in good graces with him. You do. The only thing is I wanted to practice, and she said, no chance I'm practicing with this old guy. You so, told me you don't get time. up after 8. Well, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Well, we know you're getting ready. You're working on getting back on tour, so can't wait to see you back out there, but also can't wait to see you back here, as it's been great working with you. We didn't get to do our TikToks. Week. That's true. There's still time. There's still time right after the show. We got time. All right. Well, we got time to get you set for some semifinal action. As the semifinals are getting set, we got two semifinalists already in, two to go in San Diego. And Jimmy, you and Russ Thaler will be calling this doubleheader tonight. What are you looking forward to? Well, Casper Ruud, can he continue playing very well on a hard court? He beat Andy Murray in a tough two-setter yesterday. He's a great clay court player. He's got Zanego later tonight. And then Karatsev and Dimitrov in the nightcap. That is a rematch of a quarterfinal at the Australian Open this year where Dimitrov actually got injured, wasn't able to really compete towards the end of that match. He finished the match, but he couldn't compete. So can Dimitrov get a little revenge? All right. Well, speaking of revenge, let's take a look at the day session in San Diego. And Diego Schwartzman trying to get some revenge for a Labor Cup loss to Andre Rublev. Last week in Boston, they meet again in Southern California. Rublev, in the first round at least of this tournament, was the most impressive player. He is the top seed in number five. Of the world, so maybe you think that would be the case, but he played against Brandon Nakashima and was just crushing the ball and not making too many errors. And that was the same thing in the first set here with Diego Schwartz, which just outmatched. Is Rublev's a guy that can take a full swing from right on the baseline and hit every ball in every direction. Second set got tight as Diego Schwartzman's very good at finding a way, fighting, looking for chances, but the end of this set serving to stay in the match, Schwartzman, he makes one error, another error to bring match point, two in a row, and then match point down. Again, Schwartzman in somewhat of control of the point. He gets a chance to come forward and hits this forehand volley, which was fairly ugly. And Rublev gets through in straight sets. Well, Schwartzman, he had the crowd with him all week down in San Diego. Those camo outfits had to help a little bit in the military city. Meanwhile, Denis Shapovalov and Cam Norrie and 
Nori coming in playing very well. They won, he won the only previous meeting between these two at the Queen's Club. Yeah, this is the clash of the lefties. I can appreciate this match, but it's a little bit of contrast of styles. I was impressed with Denis Shapovalov in the match when he played against Taylor Fritz. He's been struggling with his confidence this year, but he played a really great match yesterday. But Cam Nori was just a little too much. He started finding his range on the return to serve, started trying to attack the second serve, and we see his little scoop backhand that opens up the court. And that's a very tough shot because he keeps it so low. He was really utilizing that lefty out wide, and it was just an overall solid match to be played against Shapovalov. All right, Cam Nori feeling great after the match. Spoke on court. First of all, credit to Dennis. He came out and uh, was serving really good, and it was quite tricky for me to, to get in the rallies, get some rhythm, but um, was able to hold on to my serve early in the first and then uh, managed to find the return and find the, the, the lefty serves when I needed them. And... Um, but yeah, just really enjoying playing here in San Diego. The weather's great. We're close to the beach and the atmosphere's great. Everybody loves the atmosphere in San Diego. So we got one semifinal set now. It'll be Rublev and Nori. And Nori playing well. He's quickly approaching number one Brit in the world status here. How do you like his chances, Jimmy, against Rublev? I think it's going to be an interesting match. I think he has chances. Rublev loves to hit the ball very hard, and Nori likes pace. He actually turns pace around, especially with the scoop backhand that Taylor was talking about. He has almost no backswing, so he needs pace coming to him, but he controls it so well when he gets that ball. I like how he said how well Shapovalov was serving. It was very tricky. He won three and one. I don't know if he watched the match that he just played. <laughs> it was domination by Nori, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely calling Rublev, though, because it's just, he's just playing better than Nori, I think. And he's got confidence, and he's another one of those players when he gets on a roll, it's hard to beat him. And he's seeing the ball like a watermelon. Everything's going to the target. He's hitting the ball aggressively. And this is the type of tennis that he wants to play leading up to a Masters 1000. All right, well, we'll have those semifinals from San Diego starting tomorrow, 5 Eastern. Meanwhile, to Chicago, Danielle Collins playing some of the best tennis of her career. 34 main draw wins so far this year, taking on Marketa Vondrusova. Yeah, Marketa Vondrusova uh, lost in the gold medal match to Belinda Bencic, who were both in this tournament playing today. And she ended up getting a silver medal. But Danielle Collins has been having the season of her life after overcoming a lot of obstacles. But she was able to get the first set and just didn't have any of the answers for Vondrasova in the second. She was absolutely firing away on every single shot that Collins put on the other side of the net. She was really zoning on her returns and was controlling the court with her backhand, which is surprising her being a lefty and was controlling the court with the backhand. But after winning the set 6-0, it became another close tiebreak set. And Vondrusova was just able to read the shot that Collins is going to give to her. And she's got great foot speed. I mean, that's one of her attributes. But Collins is just came up a little bit short. But she should be happy with the way that she competed in this match. Vondrusova now has won 15 of her last 20 matches. Meanwhile, Alina Spinolina, who won in Chicago in August, taking on Own Jabour, now playing at a career-high ranking of 16. Yeah, I've been very impressed with Anjabur and how solid she's been. And she's another one of the players that has gotten in very good shape and, and has it's shown in her confidence level with being able to outlast these players who kind of just grind her out. And that was one of her weaknesses. But she's really hitting her spots well. And she's a very aggressive baseliner. She's one of those people that has all of the intangibles, as you can see, the drop shot. And she's sliding into that and just feels the ball right there. But Svitolina, I see, has some tape on her leg, so maybe she was feeling a little something. She's not moving as normal, but that's a great win for Ange Jabour. 
fifth top ten win of the year for Jabour as she has a career season going on. Meanwhile, Belinda Bencic, Olympic gold medalist, taking on Elena Rabakina. And uh, Bencic in red here, going to have a tough ending. Yeah, serving to stay in this first set. These two played in the semifinals of Tokyo, and it was a tough three-setter that Bencic won, but that was a very ugly second serve on set point down, quickly going to the chair. Second set down, a break as well. 3-1 deuce for Bencic, and this is a concerning moment for her because that was a sort of injury without seeing much. It's, you know, in football, when there's contact, you see something. There was no contact. She goes down. She is not able to finish. And that usually is a sign of things are not going well inside the knee. So hopefully for Benchich, she could not finish. That was the last point of the match. And hopefully for her, it's, it's nothing too serious. Just took an awkward step there and was not able to get up. So she retires and Rabakina through to the semifinals. So here you see the semi set in Chicago. Jabour, Rabakina, Vondrusova, and Muguruza. Tete, what do you think? I'm going to call Vondrusova and Rybakina because they're just playing very solid. And Rybakina is one of those players where when she gets on a roll, she's tough to beat. And she needs matches, and she's gotten the matches under her belt now. So she's definitely zoning. So I'm going to call those two. I'm going to go with my fellow lefty as well. Muguruza got through on a walkover from Victoria Azarenka, so has not played a lot of tennis in Chicago. I'm going the other way just because I think in women's tennis, it's very 50-50 a lot of these matches. You never know, and so what the heck. I'm just <laughs> going to go against Tay on this one. Keep what it even. We can bet a quarter. Yeah, that's all we'll go. <laughs> I like it when you bet. That means money for me. All right, we'll t talk about that a little later. Again, the Chicago, semi Chicago semifinals coming up on Saturday. When we come back here on TC Live, we got you some highlights from across the pond. Marco Skirone looking for the best week of his career, trying to reach his first career semifinal. Plus, a little look in on Gael Monfils over there as well. And... We'll get you set for the night session in San Diego. Lorenzo Sinego and Casper Rude, the first of two in the night session. More TC Live in a minute. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It's one of the biggest events every year on the tennis calendar, usually in the spring, this year in the fall. And for the first time, Tennis Channel has exclusive daily live coverage of the BNP Paribas Open from first ball through the singles final. Don't miss any of both the ATP and WTA action from Indian Wells beginning Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern time every day at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Should be a great week in Indian Wells. Okay, over to Europe we go now. Bulgaria and Marcos Miron. He decided to go over to Europe instead of trying to play in San Diego. What's working out for him? Yeah, I think he wouldn't have been in the main draw in San Diego. The draw was so tough there, so he decided, why not? I'll go over to Sofia, and it's worked out beautifully. He's played the Australian Davis Cup team, it seems, as he beat Demonor earlier, and now John Millman. And this is the kind of match, Millman, where if you're beating Millman, you know you're playing well, but you're going to have a good opportunity to find your rhythm because he makes a million shots. He hits almost every ball cross court. 
And Garone was able to outmaneuver Millman throughout this match, winning the first set 6-4, break lead in the second set. And it's always nice when you're sort of getting to new heights for the first time. And for Garone, you'd think maybe will he get a little tight trying to finish things off, get to his first semifinal. The answer is no. He's confident enough, gets through comfortably in straight sets. Not shaking hands, not a crowd, nothing here. But for Garone, it's a great week. Gail Monfils, who loves the crowd, but not having one to work with, up against Mager. And Gail Monfils, right before COVID stopped the tour, had won a couple of titles in a row, was playing the best tennis of his life. When they came back from COVID, he was playing maybe the worst tennis of his life. For a long time, he wasn't winning any matches. And he has just started winning matches again and playing very well at this point. And he's starting to get confident. Mager couldn't figure out how to win points, so he decides I'm going to serve in volley. That didn't work either. And it was one-way traffic from start to finish. Monfils is looking a little bit like Monfils of old when he was a top player. So that's great to see. A 35-year-old looking for another title. Yannick Sinner, he won his first ever title in Sofia. He's back here against Duckworth from Australia. Yeah, Yannick Sinner has like the perfect game for indoors. He plays super quick. The backhand is just one of the best shots that's on the tour, but he just fires from both sides. But he just, he's been playing very well and good on James Duckworth for being able to squeak out some of these matches. He's been struggling with injuries, but he just didn't have any solutions for Yannick Sinner. He's just hitting his targets and hitting his spots so well. That's the highlight of his game. One of the things that I've seen is that Sinner has really improved with his serve, and he's getting a lot more first serves in and easy points off of his first serve. And look at him, popping them in, serve one, two, easy point here for the win. Game Match point for Sinner. He advances to the semifinals looking for his second straight win in Bulgaria. And here is a look at those semifinals. Giron will draw Gael Monfils and Yannick Sinner taking on Krajinovic. A couple of exciting matches. Sinner, as Taylor's been talking, is this new up-and-coming kid that you got to believe is going to be a top-10 player pretty soon. Hits the ball huge. Krajinovic, a solid competitor. That should be a pretty good match. Monfils, it's nice to see him playing well again. Can Garon keep it going? That's the question. Well, they're also playing in Asia this week. Incredible week at tennis in Kazakhstan. And Yulia Putinseva, she's a native Kazakh, playing here in front of the home fans. Yeah, she was incredibly pumped in. She's one of those players that gives you this type of energy every point in every game. And you can tell that she really wants it playing in her home country. But Rebecca Peterson has been playing well, but you can see that it just wasn't enough. Yulia Putin-Seva really maneuvers the ball around the court very well, utilizes the slice on the backhand and the drop shot. So you don't really know what's coming at any point. But she was able to just continue to outwork Re Rebecca Peterson. Repeat Peterson not really knowing where to go on the volleys. Easy pass for Putin-Seva, and she's just absolutely pumped. But... She's just been playing really well, and she's one of those players as well where she gets a rhythm. She just is hard to beat, and she made the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open, and this is a great great momentum for Putin-Seva. Taylor, don't get me wrong, but don't you do pretty well against Putin-Seva <laughs> when you've played her in the past. Is that, is that I accurate? I have. I have. The most memorable is I beat her in the finals of Junior Australian Open in 2012, so that's always a great memory. <laughs> All right. Well, there you see Putin-Seva through to the final in Kazakhstan. And Let's talk about what's going on in Bulgaria for just a minute. We, you know, we talked about Marcos Giron. He now uh, has an interesting matchup against Gael Monfils 
How do you like that for him? What does he need to do to be successful there? I mean, it feels as though a lot of times when you're playing Monfils, it's more up to Monfils than it is to Garon because of the athletic ability that Monfils has. I've been shocked over these last 15 years that he hasn't made a final of a major or won a major because mm -hmm. he has that type of talent. Garon is mentally very stable, very solid. If he can stay consistent and solid and Monfils can have a little bit of his ups and downs, then Garon has a shot. Yeah, I think this is a match like between the ears. I mean, Gail Monfils is definitely, I would say, the more talented and the better player, but tennis is a lot about the mind. And if Giron believes that he can win, he's able to stay in those points and really not get outpowered by Monfils. I think that he has a chance, but Monfils is showing us that he has kind of been in his form this tournament. So he wants to get that title and he wants to kind of break this unlucky streak that he's had. So he's going to definitely try and win this match 100%. Monfils at 35 years old going for his 11th career title. Okay, we will take a break. Get you set for a doubleheader in San Diego. It's not at Petco Park where the Padres play, but they have played some tennis there in the past. They played a Davis Cup there once upon a time. We'll be back with more TC Live in just a minute. Back here on TC Live, and of course, Tennis fans still thinking about what might have been at the U.S. Open. Novak Djokovic so close to the Grand Slam, falling in the finals in straight sets to Medvedev. And not only did he miss the Grand Slam, of course, he also missed the Golden Slam when he lost in Tokyo. And we got a little anniversary day. It was October 1, 1988, when a 19-year-old Steffi Graf was the first player to complete the calendar Golden Slam. She took out Gabriella Sabatini. That was in the Olympics, which was in October. It was a late Olympics in Seoul. And so she completed the Golden Slam after she already completed the Grand Slam, which is a you know, slightly different scenario than what uh, Novak had to do trying to win the Olympics between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. First of all, that's, that was invented in 1988. No one had ever heard of a Golden Slam before. It's because true. Because the Olympics in 1984 was a demonstration sport. That was the first time they had tennis in many years. So 88 was the first time they had actual tennis at the Olympics. And that first year we had history with the Golden Slam. You thought for a moment Djokovic was going to be able to do it this year because if you remember in the quarterfinals of the Olympics in Tokyo, after coming off winning all three majors, he played Kei Nishikori and beat him 6-2-6. Love, I think, was the score and looked unbeatable. And was crushing Zverev up 6-1 in a break as well in the second set, and then it all went south. And that was the end of the Golden Slam, and then obviously he still felt that pressure at the U.S. Open throughout the whole tournament. He was playing tight Djokovic and finally couldn't get it done against Medvedev. Yeah, Taylor, I do wonder. I think it's, it's going to be debated forever whether his decision to go to Tokyo, right, and try for that Golden Slam may have cost him the Grand Slam because it took a lot out of him. I'm sure he would have loved for the Slam, the Olympics to be at the end after the U.S. Open. But, I mean, personally, I don't think that he should have played, but he always is very passionate about anything dealing with his country, Davis Cup, and he takes that very personally. So I'm not surprised that he played, but I definitely think that it tapped him out a little bit and Zverev wore him down in the semifinals of the U.S. Open going in five and I just don't think that he really emotionally and mentally had enough in the tank for Medvedev. All right well Steffi Graf still the last to do the Golden Slam we'll see if we see it again let's get to our social net and we start with Allison Risk who's played in some Olympics and uh, 
This is interesting. You guys ever done this? You, you get in a plane, you take off from a city, and you look down to, to see how many tennis courts you can spot? I've done that at one point in my life, but then I changed to how many golf courses do I need <laughs> when I'm flying over. So it's been sort of, I've done a couple of things that I'm checking out from They're the They're a little easier to spot. Yeah. I just try to find things that look familiar to me. That's about it. I mean, before I had LASIK, I couldn't see anything. So <laughs> there we go. Nowadays, you might see pickleball courts or who right. knows what you're seeing down there. It's not just tough to tell the difference. All right, next up, let's take a look at this. And yes, folks, that is Andy Murray giving us his very best Ron Burgundy. Yes, if you don't get the uh, reference here, that's Ron Burgundy's look. Of course, the, the mustache. And nice to see Andy having some fun down in San Diego. There, there you see the side-by-side comparison. Jimmy, uh, it's pretty good. Well, and he's in San Diego, so stay classy, San Diego. And it's funny because... I like that Murray got rid of, he had the biggest neck beard I've ever seen in his match yesterday. So it's good that he got rid of that and just went for the mustache. Maybe the loss convinced him to shave because it's a better look for him. I I have to agree with you on that. We've been talking about these guys and their mustaches, but I just feel like it just needs to go in the garbage. Just just shave it off. Just start over. I agree with you. Well, Ron Burgundy, I think, doesn't have to worry about his job anytime soon. I think Andy Murray's got plenty of tennis still to play. All right, let's take a look at what we got coming up on Saturday here on Tennis Channel. A packed day as we've got tennis still happening on three different continents. We'll start at 4.30 a.m. from Kazakhstan, that women's final. And then to Sofia, Bulgaria, we go for the men's semifinals there. And then to Chicago, the semis for the women there. And then finally to San Diego with the men and semifinals. So a lot of tennis coming at you tomorrow. We've got a lot coming at you tonight as we've got two matches for a spot in the semifinals, two spots in the semifinals in San Diego. Tennis Channel Live, coming back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to TC Live, our hot shot of the day. It's on Jabour in the far court against Alina Svitolina. We love a good tennis channel hot shot, but Anjabur has always had every shot in the book. We can see her, look at this, behind the back, overhead volley. I don't even know what to call that, but that's one of her few things that she has in her repertoire. But I can't say that I'm surprised by this, honestly. She can hit everything. Is she a power player or is she someone that gives you a little bit of everything because I've been watching her she's drop shot and she's coming in she has everything like she'll throw in forehand slices she can loop the ball but she's more of an aggressive baseliner her her ground strokes are more flat and through the court which she can penetrate and hurt you with with the depth but she'll throw in the dropper she'll come in she can serve in volley she can do everything so that's kind of the tough thing about her you don't know what's going to come and so the strategy continues to change when she depending on who she's playing so that's a tough part to kind of to to try and strategize against her but great shot on her she's making some history the first arab woman ever 
in the top 20. She's now 16th and picking up more points. So an impressive and historic run for Jabour. Okay, San Diego Open, we're looking at a doubleheader tonight. And this is interesting. Casper Ruud, who now is in the top 10, Jimmy, he's had five Four titles already this year, three in a row this summer, looking for his fifth title of the year, his first on hard courts against Lorenzo Sanega. I was watching him, and I was trying to think to myself, why is he doing as well as he does? He's a very good player, but I was top ten. I didn't think he had anything special to be top ten. I know his forehand was very good. I learned yesterday when he played Andy Murray, he moves incredibly well. He is very fast, and everything is good plus very fast makes you a guy that's winning a lot of matches, especially on clay. If you're a guy like Sanego trying to attack Casper Ruud, who's on this incredible hot streak, where do you go? What do you try to attack? Well, I definitely wouldn't try to beat him with defense. I would try to be offensive, which is what Sanego does the best. He's very aggressive off of the baseline and tries to take the ball early and make you run. But Casper Ruud is looking for a forehand every single time off any shot. So I would actually try and maybe play him to the forehand hard and then to open up the backhand and see if you can get some unforced errors there. But that's what I would do. I'm obviously not an ATP no, player, but we'll see what happens. He is right. That's the play. Anytime any of you at home are playing someone that likes to hit forehands, you go to the forehand first. So you open up the backhand. Those guys like hitting it from the backhand. Jimmy well Arias done. approved. Yes. A little well coaching well right done. there for you club players out there. Okay. Our second matchup, Karatsev. Taking uh, Karatsev taking on Gregor Dimitrov, and this, of course, a matchup of the Australian Open quarterfinal, where Karatsev came out of nowhere. I mean, he he was unknown, marched all the way to the semifinals, and Dimitrov was the man he took out in the quarters. There's been strange stories this year that we've had. Radicanu, you never see a qualifier winning a major that doesn't happen. Karatsev was a similar story, mm-hmm. and even more surprising in a way because he's 28 years old and he played and toiled between 200 and 600 in the world for seven or eight years. And all of a sudden, after the pandemic, he becomes Karatsev this year, and he has kept it going. He hits the ball huge from the back of the court with very little effort. The ball pops off his racket. And Russian players that I know told me, oh, no, he was always going to be a good player, had a couple of injuries, and he sort of lost his way for a while. He's back now. All right, well, we'll look forward to this doubleheader tonight. Who you got? I'm going to say Karatsev. I really like watching him play. And, I mean, now that Jimmy said something about his calves, I can't even unsee it. <laughs> so I wish you didn't say anything Size about Size of your waist. They're, <laughs> they're unbelievable, those calves. But hey. I love his game. I mean, he's so solid. And not really much goes wrong. So I'm looking forward to the match. All right. We're waiting on players to take the court down there in San Diego. And it's been a great week down there. The players, Jimmy, have all raved about how much they have loved San Diego, the, this venue right near the ocean, the ocean breeze coming through there. They've had a really good time. I hope that they can continue having this tournament right before Indian Wells. It's sort of a perfect thing for the players on tour to get used to the conditions in California. And leading up, it's a beautiful city. They all seem to love it. This, this is a, an excellent 250 and the strongest 250 draw that you're ever going to see. And that will continue if they always are be able to play right before Indian Wells. Yeah, I agree with you. And and players love to be able to be in the same place the week before a big tournament. And they love to be able to get these matches. And these are high-caliber, high-quality matches. I mean, these are going to be the same guys that you're seeing in the third, fourth round of Indian Wells. So this is the perfect type of preparation for the players to be able to get matches, feel good about what they're doing, work out some of these kinks so that they're solid for the first round. All right, there he is, Lorenzo Sinego taking the court 
in San Diego as he looks to try to pull off an upset. He's now ranked 23rd, by the way, so just another of this tremendous group of Italian players we're seeing take over the sport. It is amazing, actually, how the young Italians are all of a sudden, there's eight or nine of them in the top 100. Sinego, Ralph Macchio, the karate kid. If he's in trouble, he'll go to the crane and take over this match against Rude. All right, there he is. The Norwegian cast for Rude will send Jimmy to the booth. He'll have the call with Russ Thaler. Sonego and Rude coming up next here on Tennis Champions.